Welcome, everybody, to a bonus episode of Talking Gaming and Tech. We're going to get into retro gaming. Now, this is a subject that is actually pretty dear to a lot of us, because a lot of us are retro gamers. And you know the series on our YouTube channel you checked out, Game Smash. Now, we recently have a new video up there talking about all our nostalgia about retro gaming. And this is going to be kind of more of a follow-up. Things we didn't fill into that video. And things we're going to get into about retro gaming, why we love it so much. So we hope you enjoy this bonus content of the podcast. But without further ado, let's get into some retro gaming. Um, yeah, I just kind of figured when we were doing shooting the video that we were doing about retro gaming that we couldn't cover everything we wanted to. So a freeform round table would work great. I don't really have a basis to start with. I would just say, Bazinga, why don't you start by telling us about some of the games you didn't talk about on the videos that you really enjoyed from the... Nintendo, From the Nintendo era. era. Hmm. You're putting me on the spot now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on the spot. Oh man. So when I played the NES, uh, another one of the early games that I played was. Uh, it's funny because I, I have a little thing that reminded me of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, the the are we talking about the one that was like. When you had to swim underwater and it was the worst level ever. And yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the first one. Yeah. I hated it. I love that. Oh, that I, I didn't understand it. I could not get anywhere in it. It was oh. it was it was like a angry video game nerd yeah. video. That, I, I just couldn't I hated it. That game will kill you. It's one of the roughest games I've ever played, yeah. but it's it's amazing, except for that swimming level. It's just so rewarding, though, when you actually do get through that game and you get to a certain point. Granted, like when I was a little kid, I didn't beat it till like way later because it was so tough. Yeah, I, dude, I didn't see the Technodrome until I was like 15. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> such a tough game, but I remember trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying to get. And the other game, the only other game I remember that was that tough was Double Dragon 3. Mm. Double Dragon 3 is broken. It, it's not designed well. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah. But, so. I couldn't figure that game out. It, it, it kind of confused me because the way the lives worked, like you died and you became another turtle type of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck is like? It just didn't make I don't want to play as yeah, Donatello. Yeah, Donatello yeah, sucks. Yeah. I just want to keep playing as Raphael. Uh, so then, you know, they came out with the Turtles 2 Arcade. And that's when I was like, oh, that's when I had started liking that type of well, game. Beat em, that was beat em beat em ups. Ups. Yeah. yeah the, the, the arcade ones are better. Oh, definitely. Because yeah. they're. Well, they're just designed by competent people, basically. <laughs> but well, they had a lot more to work with. Yeah, those games were way better. I remember the one that starts out with like the burning building. Mm. Yep, that's the first one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Well, I don't remember which one's which, and I, I remember the, the Turtles in Time was my favorite. Yeah, that was well, the one when you threw them into the screen and shit. That was the that was the one on Super Nintendo. Then what was the one on Sega? That was the same thing. That same Hyperstone. Hyperstone was for poor but it, people. But it was the equivalent of like it was yeah, yeah. It was. But you had one. Yeah, but I got it from a poor person. Uh, <laughs> I remember that was like one of the first. My mother stepped Star. on it. That was one of the first movies I ever saw in the theater was the Ninja Turtle movie. My, yeah. Mine was He-Man. Uh, I wasn't really a huge Ninja Turtle TV fan. The movie is what got me and then oh, playing yeah, yeah. the video games. But I didn't didn't really watch the cartoons. It was always Transformers with me. Uh, I, for me, it was, I, this is a cartoon podcast. That's something for later, but I mask. Mobile Armor Strike Command was my shit. I was the guy who watched uh, the movie and cried when they killed Optimus Prime. Oh, <laughs> I have that on tape. And also, yeah. if we're going to talk about the show, it's Macross, period. Robotech is the best yeah, show. Yeah, that game, is one of the Period. But we're not talking about that. We're talking yeah. about games. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So, were you more of a platformer back then? Yes. 
Yeah. Definitely more. Definitely. Well, as as mentioned multiple times before, me and Nate were more RPG Vegeta. guys. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And like, I, I just didn't, I couldn't get into the whole turn-based. It's the, the continuing story that kept us. It wasn't the turn-based thing. It's the idea that, like, you're building your characters and they get better and better as you go and they get stronger. That's what got me hooked on Well, it. at that age, which, you know, pretty much the same thing now, I just didn't, I just wanted to play and have stuff happen. I didn't want to read about it. I just wanted to play the game. If <laughs> it talked, if it talked back then, maybe, but I just, it, it was just that and the whole, when you're, you know, picking what you want to level up and stuff like that. It just, I did not understand it when I was like yep. 10 years old. Uh, the whole, oh, 0.02% towards this. or that, point, that, it just it, In the older games, that didn't really happen. No. It was more along the lines of like, Final Fantasy 1, pick your class. And then well, you're just yeah, like, but, well, what class doesn't suck? I know, yeah. I'll go all warriors. Yeah, oh, I, now I, I have to buy 100 any, potions an did, hour. Didn't yeah. make any sense to me. So yeah. I was like, and I don't even... Mm. Dragon Warrior was the only one that was that kind of technical. I think the first RPG I ever tried was uh, Secret of Mana. Secret of Mana is amazing. And I did play it for a while uh, after I figured it out, but I don't. I probably was probably playing completely wrong, and I was. I just couldn't get into it. But I, I did for a little while. But then, then I had to great. return it. Then I had to return it. So <laughs> Secret of Mana is not really like it's an RPG, but it's one that doesn't turn you off mm-hmm. because. It's action, so you just fight. You do have to read from time to time, but you're just fighting. Well, it has a really good learning curve, too. Yeah, that's what makes Secret of Mana great. Yeah, they did a great job with that. And we didn't, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the sequel. And combat's not really um, heavy duty and difficult, except for like the later bosses where you start getting raffle stomped. Yeah. That is until you know how to cheat, like me and Nate, and that is fucking cast spells. Like, this is what we had, this was our system. I would be using the main guy, and I would just yell to Nate to spam fireball or whatever until he was almost out of magic. And when he's just about out, I would refill his magic so we could do it all over again. Yeah. And that's fireball. all, because in that game, fireball. you basically could freeze the boss, and if you time it right, you would basically, he would never get free to do anything. Yeah. So you could just raffle stomp people. Yeah. And what was the main, like, oh, what the hell is it? I, Fluffy, or what the heck his name was? The dragon. Flamey. Flamey. That's it. Yeah. Flamey. That, that's always great to give a kid at like 13. Hey, we're going to teach you the value of having a pet by killing it. Oh, yeah. by the way, you're going to have to kill it. Yeah. That's Is that it. the one you fly and you shoot with and stuff? No, you, you fly this giant. Well, you fly it. Yeah. You fly it around. It's your air But then at the end of the game, um, it's revealed that he's the, the Flamey is like the mana beast. Mm-hmm. And the mono beast is the thing that they're trying that the evil guys are trying to resurrect because it destroys the world. So at the end, it they're like, we have to kill the mono beast, and you're like, well, who the fuck's the mono beast? And then it's your pet bird you've been taking care of for like twenty hours in this game. So so here's a weird thing, I don't know why, but for some reason when I was a kid, I thought there was a, like a special mode in there or something. I don't mode know if seven. I s- saw it in a commercial or or something that you use a super scope. When you're flying that that bird dragon no, thing, no, I know what you're doing. You're- and, and I was like, why? What is? How is this not a thing? I thought it was because I I guy rented that game to try and use it. But you're I, mixing it up with the other game, the, the, the Super Scope game, because the yeah. Mode Seven flying looks just like yeah. That. And I'm like, my my I brain swear to did God, that, that with um, did that. <laughs> my brain did that with F Zero. I was like, isn't F Zero like a shooting? No, no. Not at oh all. God. All you do is die in F Zero because it's hard to play. <laughs> awesome, oh, yeah. Nintendo. Look at me. Look at me. 
Listen. I need a new F Zero. <laughs> I need an F Zero yeah. Battle Royal where people just keep going. <laughs> no, no, you're laughing. Think about Here we go. You just you keep spamming around the track at full speed, right? And every every time you pass the finish line, a certain number of people will cut from it for one lap. So mm-hmm. every lap, people are getting cut or they get blown up for falling off the track until there's one person left. And you just what they do is what they start with a certain max speed and scale the speed of the cars up. So every lap, the cars are getting faster and faster, uh, which makes it harder and harder. They, they did something like that in uh, a Grand Theft Auto race. Yes. Where you, you, you would blow you, up. We'll just imagine how it would work in F-Zero, though, because yeah. F-Zero is brutal. Yeah. That's how you get the the, the Battle Royal like, adrenaline yeah, rush, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll, you're getting blown up constantly. We'll get to this on the pod, our actual podcast, but you would really enjoy Squid Game. I'm going to watch Squid Game. <laughs> I plan on watching it. Okay. Okay. Battle Royale. Maybe with, I'll even check with, it out tonight. Ba- Battle Royale with kids' games. Like yes. yes red watched- light, green light. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. So I would <laughs> anyway. say during the Nintendo era... As much as I liked RPGs, I wasn't as into them as much as I was when I got to Super Nintendo. So I would say my games were stuff like uh, Wizards and Warriors. I absolutely loved Wizards and Warriors, even though that game was the most confusing bucket of oh, crap yeah. I've ever played in my life. <laughs> and like, um, that's, oh that's a game my like uncle, stuff like that. Yeah, the, the, oh. Just that's like you know my issue with like horror and stuff. I just couldn't play those the atm like the music atmosphere. Yeah. I just I couldn't play those games when I was a kid. They were too creepy for me. Oh, I played. Was great. I was played too all eerie. three of those so much. Well, the second one the most probably. I tried I, playing Iron, Wizard of Warriors, but it just it was Iron too Sword was. I was obsessed with that game. I don't remember Iron Sword. That was the second one. I don't Iron remember. Sword had the guy who looked like uh, freaking uh, Conan the Barbarian on the front of it. Ah, uh, see, all I remember is the first one. And had the I guy, just I think the original, starting in the tree level and then going to the caves. Yeah, I want to say it was the one with the commercial where the guy, like, pretty much Conan, bursts into that kid's like living room and chops his couch in half or something. <laughs> I don't even know. I did watch somebody <laughs> stream. It must have been the third one. Like, all the games are so different. Not really. All three of them are pretty similar. No, the, the third one was weird because you had to go in all these buildings, like in trees, back and forth. No, you could do it in all of them. Oh, you, know, you could? No, yeah. this one was weird. Thinking though. of weird, uh, speaking of weird, my old friend Eric Partlow, Partello had a game on his computer. It was a Conan the Barbarian game. Yeah, I remember that. Don't, we never played it. We played it for like five minutes, but we couldn't get anywhere. Like the very first scene was like walking into a town and then a lizard person killing us. And no matter how hard we tried, we couldn't figure out how to use the damn sword to attack. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I think about it. Like, yeah, I had I played all the consoles once in a while, but I think... I was playing a lot of computer games then. Like I had I had a Commodore 64. I didn't have a computer. And then like I was playing games at school and we got in like what 94 whatever we got the the the, the Packard Bell. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a Tandy 1000. I think it was a Tandy 1000. Because we didn't even get to this in our video. So Chuck Yeager's but yeah, that's Air like, oh my Combat. God. Me and Grim used to play Chuck Yeager's Air Combat all the mm. freaking time. I don't think we ever shot anything down. No, we did. It was it was yeah, it was oh my god. That game was so fun though back in the day. Dude, my I, my thing with computer games is I didn't have a computer, but I remember what we did play was Civilization. Oh yeah, yep. And Scorched Earth with our friend. Scorched Nick. Earth was oh my god that game. <laughs> I remember yeah. that game. Civilization though it took forever. We'd do a little bit. It'd be like it would take forever to get through because we'd only play for like so many hours every couple days. It was like yeah, but oh. Civ was great. I've always wanted to play Civ. I still want to play Civ with you guys. Mm. And I think I have four. Now that I've Maybe now five, that I've weaseled people into D and D, I think I can drag <laughs> them from D and D into some other stuff. Yeah. Stay tuned for those um, Empire. Uh, was it uh, 
Age of Empires four streams coming. Yes, because we're yeah. gonna play some yeah, Age of Freaking Empires, dude. Yeah. If we get, get if we could get need to stream anything these days, we could get need <laughs> to play anything these days. Oh. But that's why we're gonna start streaming New World. Yeah, because I'm gonna make you play New World with us. <laughs> yeah, once a week. You will. Okay, right, so the any so in the Super Nintendo era, I would say like Super Nintendo for me, like the things I really remember is for one easily we didn't get Final Fantasy V unfortunately in America, so I didn't play that till it came out on PlayStation. But Final Fantasy VI was easily, like, the most iconic, one of the most iconic, right next to Chrono Trigger 4, the era of RPGs. I played through that game, like, five or six times. You know, the uh, fine Final thing Fantasy is, VI. as much as I love Six and I love Chrono Trigger, the one that I remember the most from that era is Four, Because Four was the one that was, like, Square's going to show you what a storyline is all about. Yeah. And they... That whole thing with the Cecil and the the Dragoon, uh, Kane and all that, that that one. Also, that's like the first one I played on that system. Yeah. I remember renting it from, was it the Video Guild? The one in Ashaway. Maybe not the Video Guild. I can't remember. I know what you're talking about, though. But I think it was the first one, because if I remember correctly, my Super Nintendo was, I got it, had Super Mario World, rented Breath of Fire, and then bought Breath of Fire. And then rented Final Fantasy 2 like a month later and bought that. And that was basically my my thing yeah. for like a year and a half until other games came out. Yeah. And then I got the one which was okay. Seventh it, Saga. It wasn't a bad game, but looking back at it, it was pretty trivial. And you can see why. Because this is during the time when they were like, they didn't release Final Fantasy 5. Don't North. even say Mystic Quest. Mystic yeah. Quest is amazing. It's not trivial. No, no, I oh, love Mystic oh, Quest. Okay, it's an amazing game because I have a lot of nostalgia for it. But... It was like the the thing that's annoying is they were like they weren't even going to release it because it was to them it was like okay this isn't even challenging. Um, they were like, well, let's give it to the low Western market, and they did. They give it to us. <laughs> yeah, and I want a sequel. Yeah, no, it would. Yeah, it, it it became a cult classic for the most part. Um, it was a really fun game, and I, I did really enjoy it, and I still have played it like a few times since then. Um, but. The thing is, though, like it was like one of those things. I forget they called it something else. They eventually did release it in Japan. They called it something else uh, because it caught on so well. <laughs> it was called Dirty Gaijin's Play Bad Game. I, I might have called like, what they I, considered I, it to I, us. I don't know. It was for stupid people. Yeah, it wasn't a bad game. I mean, the one thing that isn't like, all the creatures were fixed, but just kind of like you know, yeah. But dude, everything about like the music was great. That oh, yeah. battle music yeah. is so freaking good. And what's funny, some of the graphics were actually better. They were actually cutting edge for the time. And they didn't add any of those graphics into their mainstream games, which is weird. But uh, no, you can see the the way it, it looks. It looks a lot like Final Fantasy um, Four. Well, yeah, because they were using yeah, yeah, that was the beginning of that engine. So, what so. about you, Bazinga? You ever played Mystic Quest? Of course not. You don't play good games. <laughs> oh my god! No, <laughs> no <laughs> RPG snob. <laughs> uh, no, I was actually trying to look up the games I had. Uh, a so, Link to the Past, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Fox. Super Street Battle. Fighter. Super Street Fighter. Was one of the first like real fighting games that I remember playing. <laughs> Side story. Remember when um, we had that and Eric went and got the Sega Genesis version and he was pretending like it was better? The, yeah, the, 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 the Sega Genesis edition. version was terrible because you, had to, you didn't have six buttons. So unless you went and bought an extra controller, you had to hit start to switch between kick and punch. Oh, and yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. like, no, this is way better. It looks way better. It runs way better. I'm like, oh. you lost soul. <laughs> you yeah, lost it was, soul. It was, it was ter- unless you had the, yeah, the six button whatever. The funny thing, that's one of the games on my list that I want to get. Oh, yeah. The championship edition. Yeah. 
for my I've for, always for my wanted collection. to get both of the um what's it called? The Lunar games. I have the I have the remake on, on PlayStation. On PlayStation, but yeah. I want the originals and I haven't looked at the price, but I'm gonna guess that since Silver Star Story is like four hundred bucks on PlayStation, it's probably a couple thousand. But I've always wanted it because that game has always been something I've always wanted to have. It was like an obsession when I was a kid. Yeah, that's like uh, my goal was to get every uh, uh, Super Mario game. Yep. On on this. so I got Mario World, Mario Three, Mario One, Two on on cartridge. Yeah. And uh, the only one I don't have is the All Stars with Super Mario World. Uh, yeah, that's but, what I want to find. You need to find. For actually, I think a crowning achievement of that era, get the black box of the original Mario. The black box, black box, original first Mario. No, I know. Yeah, why is that? A- the black boxes are fairly desirable. Like that's like because that was the first editions. Why because, is there a not well, black box it, version? No, it it came packed in, so people far less people have the black box because because it's oh, yeah. you mean the box that's itself? The one you can buy. Yeah, the game. yeah no, yeah. I understand that. Yeah, I don't have the boxes for them. I just have the cartridges. Yeah, yeah. but I'm saying the most desirable is probably the black box one for the first Mario. Well, that's why it's selling yeah. for millions of but dollars. Like, for yeah, no like I'm not a massive collector, but same thing with you. Except with the, when it comes to the lunar game, it was because that game's like my white whale. I didn't have a Sega CD when I was a kid. So when I saw that game, and I think it was a game fan, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, my God, this is a... Am- and I never got to play it for, like, four oh, years I, until I, I met Eric. Yeah, and- I'm sure I have see- saw that a lot of times in, like, Game Pro and shit. Yeah, because yeah. they were like, look at what Nintendo, um, Sega's doing with RPGs. And it was, like, hand-drawn animation. They had voiceover before that became a thing on PS PlayStation. Like it was on Sega CD two three years before that. Yeah. The entire game is voiced over. That's because it was with cutscenes and stuff. It yeah. was freaking. Ugh. That Which, game is a game that makes me mad that it like the company went out of business that was making them because you don't you're never gonna see another one. No, and, no, and it won't be the way it was. Well, it was what was Atlas, wasn't it, or is it? No, it was um. Or is Atlas on the right now? No, it. Got it. I know game. Game Arts, I think, are the ones that publish it over here. Okay. But the company that made Lunar, I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure they don't exist anymore. Oh, okay. That sucks. Yeah, that's... It's Lunar, the Suicide Story. There you go. Yeah, the... So, like, absolutely, like, PlayStation, though, was, like... Like, we got on the the video about the whole memory card debacle, but there was... That happened to, like, a lot of people. Because it was, like, a new thing. Game Arts. Is that just published? Uh, and published in USA by Working Designs. Okay, yeah. Working Designs. And Ubisoft. Working Designs doesn't exist anymore, but no. they still have a thing because, like, the guy who runs Working Designs moved on to other stuff. And also, real quick, praise Exceed and those other companies that are out there. Yes. They're, they're working on thin margins, people, <laughs> and they're getting out these games that you would never see over here that are Japanese games just because they like to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and so with the thing with the memory card, I wanted to emphasize more on that. So the memory card debacle, so there was a reason why this happened to a lot of people. And I remember more than a few that happened, including myself. Well, they didn't tell you, but we were used to before that with cartridge systems being able to save. So when you saved with a cartridge system, like you didn't have to worry. You didn't need a memory card. You didn't plug in a memory card. There was none of that happening. So this was a very... Because the collection is pretty... Look for the PlayStation collection. Sorry, continue. This was a very (laughs) new idea. Um 
and it's not that we didn't think of it. We knew about it, but we're like, it's so sad story complete. You only have yeah. so much money. You're going to get a PlayStation in the game and then not the memory card. I mean, it's just, it was, it was trivial, but it, yeah. it wasn't really their fault either. It was more like the people at the game stops were not smart enough to tell you. Yeah, that too. And also they had a shortage. Well, well there was no GameStop either. Well, EB games and all that. They had a <laughs> yeah. shortage too. That was a big thing too. A huge shortage. Yes. Of those things. Yeah, because the PlayStation was Oh, so- wow. That I did not know. So the the collection is worth more. It's seven hundred and fifty. Oh wow! Yeah, it's oh, just more out of curiosity, could you look up Eternal Blue because that's the one I own, Lunar Eternal Blue. Yeah, and oh, all right, mine's <laughs> in peak condition, three hundred dollars. Nice, not bad. I've got a lot of those um, PS PlayStation um, work and design games. I have Ark the Lad, which I expect is worth a pretty penny right now. Um, what's the other one I have? The Langrisser ones. Yep, the collection. And the lunar, but I still need Silver Star Story. I have Eternal Blue. Hmm. Do you have a Do you have a sealed or? No, oh. I've played it, but that's do you, fine. Do you have this one? Six hundred fifty dollars. That's brand new. Yeah, yeah that's, that's sealed, but that's it's a sealed. different cover too. Yeah, I have that one. Yeah, I have all right. Yeah, it's. But I'm not, I don't care about the cost. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, you know why I'm mad about myself? At me and Nate about twenty years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, went to the Crystal Mall once, and a guy in a memorabilia store had a copy of it. It was like, a, what's that store? Um, um, Toy Vault. Toy Vault. Had a copy for 60 bucks, and I did not buy it. I was oh. like, ah, I'm not going to buy it. And sure enough, it's, yes, it's ridiculously hard to find. Same thing happened with Tactics Ogre mm-hmm. at the flea market about a, two years ago. I could have picked it up, and I didn't do it. God <laughs> bless Johnny for selling me his for like uh, – Sold me one. I think it was like fifty bucks. Something like that. Yeah. He gave me a copy of the original Black, uh, Black Queen Ogre Battle. Yeah. And that thing's gonna be worth some money someday too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. That's yeah. He's got. He's got. I think he's got a, a copy of one of the Lunar Games like special editions. If he has Silver Star Story, I might be willing to buy it off him. But uh, for my friend, he tried. He tried <laughs> like trading it in, but they uh, or like selling it to, to like a store, and yeah. they wouldn't take it for some reason. I don't know why. Huh. Probably because they can't. Like that's a lot of money to put in with the hope that someone might buy it. I, no. Well, I don't think it was sealed. I think like a disc was scratched or something. Oh, oh well, that's a whole other story. It might have been that. I'd have Bummer. to ask him. No, it's yeah, and, and that's we're yeah. on the PlayStation era, right? Yeah, we're my on bad. We get sidetracked when we're talking about cool shit. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, the PlayStation era. Um, so you, one thing you didn't cover, I brought up. I was wondering you didn't bring it up. Shakodin. Oh, that was my bad. I'd like to apologize to the gaming gods because Shakodin is. My personal, Shikoden 2 is my personal favorite game of all time. Personal favorite. I say that because, like, I know, I'm willing to know and accept that Chrono Trigger is considered, the like, seriously, it's considered the best RPG game of all time and top five best games of all time. So I'm willing to accept that. But I personally think that the reason why Shikoden 2 isn't considered the best RPG of all time is because not enough people have played it. That game is absolutely phenomenal. And you know that because Chronicles of Elune, I think it's called, yeah, got like five million uh, donations within the first day of its yeah it's uh, crazy. Patreon. Wow. Yeah, like they dropped. It was a huge. Look it up. It was huge, and, and I mean, other games have made more on there, but the amount of people, like as soon as they heard about it, jumped on it within like a day and a half. Yeah, is staggering. Because people, every single person who's ever played an RPG and likes RPGs, remember Shikoden 2. And when someone comes out and says, hey, I made that game, 
I found a bunch of people that made that game and we're making that game, but we're not calling it Shikoden. Yeah. Everybody loses their goddamn mind. And there we are. In like a year and a half, hopefully I'll be playing that game. And it will be a, well, it won't be a sequel, but it'll have the same feel. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. So, so and the other thing we talk about, like Cruncher, like Cruncher is easily the best, one of the best games I've ever made. And Chrono Cross is usually like right behind it. Um, two absolutely amazing games. Chrono Cross wasn't well received in some regards because people are really thrown off because they changed everything about the game. Yeah, you have to you have to accept that it's not a sequel. No, it it's does a have sideways. A yeah, it's like, hey, let's see what happens. Did if you we... say sideways? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know why that reminded me. On a side note, I just watched the Dune for the first time in my entire life. The oh, yeah. original Dune, yeah. three hour cut. Oh yeah. Let me tell you about sideways. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Do you like a- a- was it ASMR? <laughs> Go watch that movie. Nothing but. Will the spice save me? The spice must flow. <laughs> Does he really know about this? My son is amazing. And it's just people kind of like looking off into the distance while yeah. the voices are talking in the background. Yeah. The, but nap time. <laughs> I will tell you that they did a great job on cutting direct words from that book. Well, yeah, they did. Because I but... just listened to that book and there were many points where I'm like, this is literally straight from the book. Yeah, yeah. But that movie's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah the, <laughs> in every yeah, way possible. Um, so, yeah, Chrono, so, and so, yeah, Chrono, it wasn't really because even the maker said like, the reason why the mechanics everything were changed so much because he wanted to make it feel like a different dimension. They also gave him a smaller budget too. They did. They distinctly talk about how the budget was smaller, which makes no sense. Yeah. And Squaresoft doesn't know what they're doing. And there was actually prior to that, there was another one called Radical. was called Radical Dreams. It wasn't even really a Radical game. Dreamers is a visual novel yeah. on of kid pretty much of what happened. The SNS disc system. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was. And uh, that's the only tie really to Crown Trigger was kid. Which was obviously Chrono's kid. Well, they do a lot near the end. Near the end yeah. of Chrono Cross, you see a lot of stuff, but they're like, hey, guess what? All the characters from the first one died. Now well, Malkavar, was it Malkavit? Malkavar? Malkar. Yeah, Mal- he, he's one of the biggest. <laughs> he's one of the biggest ties um, into the two also. And there was supposed to be, so there was supposed to be a third one called Chrono Break. It was in development for years. Um, never got anywhere. Um, and it was supposed to be a combination of both games into one with all I, the characters. And it never happened. I feel like... I feel like someone at Square is, like, Microsoft-level moron. Yeah. And by that, I mean, like, yes, Chrono Trigger did not sell as well as the Final Fantasy games. No. But it was literally the best critically acclaimed game they've ever made, and it sold well. So I look at that, and I'm like, someone at that company was too stupid to go, we have something to build off of. So they cut the budget to the sequel, the sequel comes out, and the sequel does gangbusters. That thing sold like yeah, 8 million copies. Did. Yeah, it did really well. But at that point, they had already cut the budget and like basically stated that they weren't making a third one and killed the fan base. So this asshole screwed them over twice by being an idiot. And that's why I say Microsoft, because they screw themselves but over constantly. With the thing stuff. that it's messed up about Nintendo um, and Square, because it was that project that was making the sequel themselves. Um, and Nintendo filed a lawsuit against them and cease and desist and it got destroyed. Yeah, that was um, terrible. But the thing is, people, I, mean, I haven't heard anything yet, but people are really hoping that these same people are going to come up and actually re- put that sequel out because the Chrono Break name is actually no longer, um, nobody owns rights to it anymore. I don't know. It would be nice, but, but I guess we just got to hope that like, the Chrono Cross re- remaster does well enough, enough for them that to they go. think about it, but... I know you don't want to sit here and talk about RPGs the whole time, but just one last thing to touch on. Like, 
I feel like all these big companies are incredibly stupid when it comes to old games. They think there's not an audience, but again, that's that Alun Chronicles shows you that if you want to make a smaller budget 2D turn-based RPG with like these great 3D graphics, like the like um what's that game? Octopath Traveler. Yeah, exactly. There's a fan base. You just have to build your budget around that fan base. Yeah. And Square is not the kind of company that's smart enough to go. Why don't we just make a 2D, 3D Chrono Trigger? A new one. That would be fucking... Because I hate the... Like, it won't be the biggest game in the world, but everybody who loves RPGs will buy it, and it will sell a couple million easily. Easily. But they they don't see it as an avenue. They're just like, no, if it's not selling 10 million copies, we don't care. That's idiotic, in my opinion. So, PlayStation for you, Bazinga. (laughs) It was Final Fantasy, man. I mean, I played Final Fantasy. Well, well, you got into sports games, though, you said. Yeah, like Tony Hawk and, uh, uh, what is it? um, We played Tony Hawk. I played the hell out of Tony Hawk 2 in Cool Borders. Yeah, uh, I played a little bit of that. I I played the the, the stupid, uh, the the ones that came out before that. It was like... Uh, snowboarding it too extreme. Oh called. yeah, too extreme. <laughs> they yeah, but, sucked. But cool boards, their mechanics were like on they point. had mechanics. <laughs> they were on. They were on. Point. I, I had to avoid those sports games. I never liked sports games. Grand Tour was most the closest thing I came to, and I put like forty two thousand hours. Into yeah, Grand I played so much. I probably played uh, Need for Speed. Need okay, Need for Speed. So I was uh, one of the kids that got a three D O. Oh, you spoiled brat. Yeah, I know. I feel like we have to pull Bazinga out of the crappy games of the past and bring him to the future past games of the past. <laughs> so I didn't bring that up in the video. It wasn't that big of a blip because it was only like, I only had a handful of games to the thing because it was like, it was kind of a shit system. It really was. Yeah. My friend had it. Dude, uh, that motor Road Rash was fantastic. Yeah, Road Rash, I played. That's all I played. That's how it was, though, because like, again, Sega CD, five games off the top of my head that were good. Yeah. The, the two Lunar games, they... Um, the sequel to Doc Stalker. Yep. And what the hell was that other one? Night Trap. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, there was one other really good Sega CD RPG. Um, there was, oh, there was the Beyond the Sega CD version of Beyond Oasis. Yeah. And after yeah. that, you can just kind of yeah. Throw there was uh, which was pretty much a a version of Zelda except for Sega. Yeah. There yeah. was this. Uh, he, my friend had. It. See, I had this friend that literally he was the one that like had every system because. His parents just bought him everything, mm-hmm. so Son he he bitch. he had. Every, I'm telling you, every, when it came out, he had it. Uh, he had the freaking GI Joe freaking space shuttle with the space shuttle with the freaking. Hey, I had a Technodrome when I was a kid. What <laughs> what? The Technodrome didn't take up half your bedroom. The Technodrome was the size of this table, you prick. <laughs> it was. It was, it was huge. You take it apart and it the, all folded the, out. The, the space shuttle was like a quarter size. It was yeah, massive, yeah, man. Yeah. It, I, was, I, it was huge. It had the. It was like a, a launcher and everything. And uh, so he had. I had Ultracon. What's his name? Unicron. No, the other one. You know how they had Unicron, but then they had the the giant like base for the uh, for the Transformers. It was a giant. It, it oh, okay. turned into a giant base when we Transformers like this tall. Oh wow! It was a fucking Basicon or something. I had the whole base for Mask. But anywho, um, <laughs> <You> prick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had the sword from Thundercats. You want to go? I had the sword for He Man and the shield. I had Mumra, piece of the ever living. <laughs> but oh. but um, yeah, on 3DO, Road Rash, and he, he had this like weird tank game 
I can't remember the name of it, but it was it was actually fun. I think I know what you're talking about because Nate, you had it. I don't. Yes, it was that terrible game with it had FMG and it looked like it was almost like it would look like it was on a like the moon or something. It looked like it was an overhead game and you drove little tanks around. Oh, okay, you're talking about Seek and Destroy. No, yeah, and when you're thinking about Grim, is uh, actually wasn't a bad game. Shockwave. Shock. Yep. Okay. That wasn't a bad game. Seek and Destroy is the one you were talking about. That's the one where you ate two players. You would drive around looking for each other's base by destroying blocks and shit. Yeah. Probably sounds like it, yeah. Because yeah, we yeah. used to play that. We used yeah, to play it did. on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, and I would say the only other game I really remember playing a lot on 3DO was I really enjoyed the Samurai Showdown versions on that system. Uh, yeah, really I, I remember we were obsessed about that because that was the only one you had at the start that was worth playing, that and Road Rash. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually really great. And the Street Fighter on that game was actually fairly decent too. Um, but other than that, it had such poor development. Like, it was just like, it was... Oh, and I didn't realize there was even one. There was a sequel, actually. There was a. It was called the M2, which was supposed to be the next system made by them, and they just completely failed by then. So, yeah, it open fire. Out. It might have been Return Fire. Your Return Fire is another version of that. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. a lot like. And you know what? Seek and Destroy is like the second I think because it's like Return Fire, Seek and Destroy. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one too because you could play as a tank or a jeep or like a, a little marine dude. Yeah, and yep. He, yep. yeah, and yeah. Does everybody know why 3DO is such a why they failed so hard? Because they were so damn expensive, and because well, they didn't too. have any development. Like, <laughs> well, it doesn't no. matter how good your system is if people aren't making games for it, no one's buying it. Well, no, they, well, yeah, and this was kind of their own fault because they shot themselves in the foot because they decided that pretty much anybody can develop for it. Um. And anybody can make a council. Okay? So, that's what's, like, so messed up about, like... Okay, so that's the same as I have. Yeah. So, the uh, there was, like, the Gold Star 3DO. Um, there was oh, they had the too Panics, many. The Philips. Panics 3DO. The Philips 3DO. There was, like, a bunch of versions. And they, they all... Were it was, like, Android. Yeah, they had different controllers. <laughs> like, it was... It was a shit show with that. Before they had wireless controllers, their idea was genius, though. Because you could plug a controller into a controller to daisy chain them. You, yeah, that's okay, but I mean, no, that's a good idea. That was dude. great, man. That's a good idea. You got an analog signal. You don't have to worry about freaking. Yeah, yeah. with the asshole friends. It's like, true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, the other thing, too. So, this is what happened. This is why it's so expensive. So, they went and did that because most video game systems, they go ahead and sell them at a loss. Like, for instance, yeah, yeah, yeah. the PlayStation 5. They didn't sell it at a loss. Well, no, no. <laughs> but, like, the PlayStation 5 just recently came out, and that was sold at a loss up until a few months ago. Yeah, because they changed the yeah, inside. The yeah. 3DO, instead of making money on their games, like most systems do, they want to make money, they on, the made money on the console. And let anybody else make money on the council. The thing is, it was though, a terrible business model. All the, all that doesn't matter because the business model would have worked if they had, had developed games that people bought. That's well, the problem. Like, but the problem is, no one's going to buy your system at six hundred bucks. Yeah, but at the same time, people <laughs> will if wait, you have. Wait a second. Wait a no, second. you will if How you much have are good they games. Now? <laughs> you will if you have good games. That's what I'm saying. Like the price matters, but if like. It comes out at six hundred bucks, and it's got ten great games on it right away. People will buy it. Yeah, when, the fact is, there were two games people wanted on that damn system, and nothing else came out for like another three years. Yeah, but we're talking about nineteen. We're talking about six hundred dollars in nineties. Yeah, 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 that's close to a thousand dollars. I'm not saying it wasn't, but <laughs> my point is, you can get around that. It's a, it's like a balancing act. Yeah, the better the games, the more you can get away with. And their games were garbage tier in the first place, so oh, they yeah. weren't getting away with anything. Yeah, I mean that's why Turbo Graphics did pretty well for a while because they had a couple of really they had good, some really games good developers right yeah. away. Yeah, they did better in Japan, but also um, you're not getting you're not you're not surviving 
as an American company back then when there's no fan base for you in Japan no. and everything is being made over there. Yeah, you know? that's true. Um, and I think, I mean, well, the thing is then PlayStation came out right after that, shortly after that. And like the 3DO came out during the fails of 32X and Saturn. Like, oof. Like, yeah. there's some big um, fails. And Nate makes a comment in one of the, in, in the video that we're going to be putting up before this podcast. And I just want you to know his comment's wrong. There's <laughs> nothing good on the 32X at all. <laughs> Absolutely nothing, and he's just trying to be nice. Well, I can tell you this: RGT eighty five is a huge fan of it. And he wrote a book. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Does he have brain damage? Actually, <laughs> no, no. There is a good Blackthorn. Blackthorn can be bought on the Super Nintendo, yeah. but it's better actually on thirty two. I don't care. <laughs> so realistically, he is that likes the Blizzard it. game. He likes it because yeah. he wants to be like different right like no no no, i don't think so it's just nothing good on that he was he was a big sega fan yeah growing up because there's nothing good on that like at least you can redeem the sega cd with a couple of it it made the book easy for him there's only like 10 games or i know there's there's 26 games yeah yeah but yeah it's not a uh pat the nes punk guide to library it it makes (laughs) me feel real bad too because if Sega didn't release that steaming pile of shit, they could have put more resources behind the Saturn, and the Saturn wouldn't have died so fast. Because the Saturn was a good system. It had its issues, but with the Japanese support they had, they, they were fine. But Well, they were trying to put out that... Uh, what did they call it? They were trying to put it... It was like a 32X Saturn. Yes. Yeah, because they're idiots. <laughs> and it had it was called like the neck. Yeah, and you could the Neptune. Some, Neptune. That's um, it. That's it. Yeah, that was before the Saturn was even out. Was that a Sega CD? No, it was okay. That was what okay, the, the Saturn, Saturn was called before. It was like the Neptune, and it had the cartridge. It originally had the cartridge slot in the back. Okay. Yeah, and it was white. Here's the thing. Before we wrap any of this up, um, so this actually perfectly aligns with what's going on today with in with regards to Microsoft. If you go and look now, you'll learn that the the $300 Xbox S is not doing very well at all. It's only about 20% of the system sales. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and you go, why? It's cheaper. Well, the same reason why the 32X didn't sell well. You're confusing your market base when you release a thing in the middle of another thing. They drop the 32X and then a month later, the Saturn comes out. Actually, and now people are like, which one do I freaking get? But the thing is, that you know the market that actually are picking up that version of the Xbox? Who? People that want home consoles for their retro gaming well yes so they're the 20- because it is easily super powerful for all retro gaming so what you're saying is they're 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 the 20 percent. yes but that my point is it confuses the market when a when a parent goes in to buy a system and they go well i'll get the 300 dollars one they don't realize that they're gimping the hell out of their system and yeah. it's going to confuse them later down the road it causes issues when you drop multiple SKUs that aren't lined up at least with the playstation one it's just simple it can or cannot play disc yeah. And that's it. There's a lot of other stuff different about the S version. Of, mm. And and that happened. You can go back to any console and look at that whenever they do confusing shit. Sega CD confused people. Oh, I have to have a Sega and I have to have it connected the, to my the Sega. Wii, the Wii and the Wii. Yeah, and you need like two, two yeah. plugs. But yeah, yeah like, the Wii and the that, Wii that they... stuff makes it hard for people to buy your system. If the mm. Sega CD just came out as a one box that had a Genesis hook to it, like it was just connected and one plug-in, people would be like, Oh, so it's like a super system that plays the CD games and the Genesis? Yeah, I'll buy that. 
but not I'm gonna go buy the CD one and work with forty thousand wires and try to figure out how to use it. Yeah, yeah, and the people that had like the Sega CD, the Sega Genesis, and the thirty two X, it was like the tower. I of still, power. I still <laughs> fucking want it. Okay, the tower keep of in mind, power. people are stupid too. They, they, <laughs> someone's gonna tell me in comments they're gonna be like, "Oh, people aren't that dumb." Yes, they fucking well, no, are. No, we had they one... didn't buy the Wii U because they thought it was a controller. Well, no, we had one friend who actually did. Uh, our friend Justin actually did. He bought like every Sega console there was. Oh wow! And he had the Tower of Power. Yeah, <laughs> I almost bought a Sega. CD from him back then too, and he bought the other version of it too. The other one that was the uh, Sega Genesis, and then the Sega CD on the side. He bought that one as well. <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, you guys like playing, you know, your retro games, your 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 RPGs, RPGs. And stuff, going, going back. D and D. It's all I care well, about, now, man. I love it so much. What I what I'm saying is, when you when you like to when you play your retro games or your or your ROMs and your emulators. Do you prefer to play them with a controller that's closer to the what you played it with? When no, you, I, no? I, what I do is I, I hook it up to my big screen TV. I pump up just the music so there's nothing else so I can just hear the game. And I sit back and then play through Chrono Trigger and just get myself in the mindset. And what do you play with for a controller? Usually the Xbox controller because I have the, the thing and I can just hook it in. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just simple for me, so mm-hmm. I'll use my Xbox One controller. I, I do not own an Xbox One, just a controller. <laughs> yeah, don't don't let anybody know about that. You know, no, I bought the system. Went wow, there's nothing I want on it, and you canceled Phantom Dusk. I'm oh, keeping yeah, the controller. Yeah. Trade it in. Yeah, the controller's in there, dude. I don't have to check, do you? No, you don't. You can walk out with my trading card. Um, I don't know. I like to play the games with something similar to the original controller for me. I don't well, know why. That's why companies like Eight Bit do. Like it's, I, yeah. I, it's uncomfortable for some of them. Well, yeah, you, you. Well, I know that you don't like some of the controllers too. <laughs> like GameCube is the worst controller ever made. Stop standing for it. Lies. I, 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 that's such a good controller. No, it N64 is, is terrible. Well, that's that's worse than the GameCube. Game Cube. Yeah, Cube, but they're I, both bad. GameCube was the for me was like one of the first systems with that I had with dual analog. Yeah, and while you're playing that crap, I'm playing a dual analog PlayStation <laughs> controller. There, there's two controllers that are way worse. The Duke. And the Dreamcast oh, controller are terrible. Let, let's be yeah. realistic. I don't care what you fanboys say. <laughs> the PlayStation controller is the best controller. It is the con- no, it's, best controller. No, it is it's legitimately best the best controller. And the new um, one's freaking amazing. Yeah, the um, I I do use my PlayStation controller quite a bit, um, for everything. But like we, the video is gonna be coming out in a couple of days. Um, I've been using obviously my Hitbox controller, well Mixbox controller. For like everything now, it is fucking awesome. And it's I fucking will, hard to use. Okay, and awesome. I will concede <laughs> that the the Xbox One and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty controllers are pretty good. I like. I, I just like the feel of it. For me, it's more natural. For you guys, it's the other way around. But for, the wrong well, spot. that's because you're a fake gamer, dude. You're not well, I don't, I'm you not grew a, up on Sega, not on Super Nintendo. <laughs> you, you Sega I had a Super fan, Nintendo first. You, you Sega well, boys. But like for for me, it's just more natural for me. And I never had until PlayStation Two the dual analog. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I just didn't have that. So you were deprived of good stuff. Well, a I lot we man. like we talk about like the war that happened, pretty much the council wars, and people don't realize that continued on mm. with like with PlayStation and Xbox. Um, yeah, but no, no, no. But well, no, no. because it, Xbox was never a competitor to PlayStation until PlayStation fell down a cliff. Well, okay, for like yeah. a year. Yeah, like so when you say war. Sega was a competitor for like two years. They were there's a point where they were beating Nintendo. Well, no, I don't mean it like that. I mean, for instance, like Saturn. I mean, Dreamcast came out, so a lot of people don't realize this. When Sega went under, okay, yeah, those people went to Microsoft. Yeah, and then got and their they, shit and pushed they, in, and they developed the Xbox. It was like the continuation of Sega ends up with Microsoft. 
Yeah, but that but that's also why I say they were never a competitor. Yeah. Because you had these people come from Sega, they moved over to Xbox, and then they tried to recreate the feel of Sega over there and nobody cared. Yeah. Like I, I know I sound people hate when I say this shit. Stop you can three sixty was great, okay? That that actually was a competition. But the 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 original Xbox was never a competitor. They barely sold 20, 25 million copies of uh, units of that system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had no footprint anywhere. Yeah. The funny um, thing is, PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty were the last consoles where I saw a huge difference in that graphics jump. Yeah. To a yeah. New console, Call of Duty Two on the Three Hundred and Sixty. I they had the demo at Walmart. I played the shit out. I was like obsessed. The graphics were just amazing at the time. But see, nowadays it's more of artistic style yeah like realistically and again you don't play rpgs but when i saw the remake for dragon quest 3 and dragon quest 2d 3d that was like i'm not like oh wow look how amazing they was i was like that's a new that's a paradigm shift if this sells well every japanese company that makes rpgs will use this style yeah and we may get a renaissance a golden year yeah, well, it's, it's, like, RPGs it's like those games that come out that literally look just like an anime or a cartoon. Yeah. Like, literally, you couldn't even tell the difference. It's right. Yeah. Cool. Um, That's like Guilty Tales Gear. of Arise looks... Oh, my God, that game is so beautiful. Yeah, like, Guilty Gear nowadays, like, is the pinnacle. Like, so, people don't realize that Street Fighter was made to look like an anime fighter originally. That, mm-hmm. That's the best they could do. But now we've reached that pinnacle, which is like Guilty Gear, which is actually a 3D game that looks th- that that plays 2D. It looks 3D, gonna, but it's actually 3D. I'm, I'm going to shatter you because Tales of Arise looks better than Guilty Gear. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's uh, a different I'm kind of game. We're talking, about, we're talking about a fighting game. Though. No, it looks the same though. It's the oh. same thing. It's full blown hand drawn like right. cell shading in it, and it just like sometimes you get to a view like a, a a vista view, yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm about to watch the new episode of whatever anime this is. Yeah, it's it's. The game is phenomenally beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we've reached a pinnacle as far as graphics goes. It's crazy how far we've come um, when there used to be big changes. And the other thing, the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 were the last of the era of basically individual processors being like different types of processors per, per like console and not main like computer based. Like now everything was after that was x86. Now we're on to x64 uh, base, which means they're just computers for the most part. No, real quick, Nate, since, since we are talking retro. Do you have to do any work with that RetroArch on Steam, or does it just work? It's the same thing as if you download it and just RetroArch. Because I had a bitch of a time getting that to work right. Because it's a lot, well, I can say this for anybody out there who's a retro gamer who wants to get into retro gaming with uh, using emulators, I would definitely look watch some tutorials on uh, RetroArch. You don't get have to get it on Steam. That's just something convenient so you can load it easier. But just well, down- they they're putting it on there so you can get it on the uh, the Steam Deck. Yeah, I know. So. Um, but you can you can already sideload it though. I That's would also not, say for, oh. for someone who wants something easier, BizHawk works real well for the because you don't have to do anything with BizHawk. It doesn't cover everything Re- uh, RetroArch does, but everything it does cover, you just start the emulator and they work. N- There's literally no thinking. No, with so the, the recommendation for people that want that kind of, I would say, it would be to use uh, Batocera. Uh, Batocera is an operating system in itself. Okay, no. Again, <laughs> see, all right, this is why we can't have you, we can't debate this with you, Nate, because you're always coming from a technical point of view. Mm. What I'm telling you is that if you want to play retro games on the majority of the systems that you know about, NES, Super Nintendo, Sega, TurboGrafx, all that crap like that, BizHawk, all you do is download it and start it. No, no, it's you're right. So there's, you don't have to configure anything. You just pick the game and it runs. Mm. You don't have to 
but to make a new computer. That's all, thing well, you is, all you have to do is, <laughs> have to do is configure the controller. And you're right. All these other ones are more powerful. You can do more stuff with them. But if you just want to sit down and go, I feel like playing a Sega CD game. Click, click. Oh, there we go. Lunar. Oh, I want to play TurboGrafx-16. Click, click. There you go. Like, all those other ones you're talking about have steps to them that normal people don't understand. <laughs> but they're all way better. Um, that's, that's fine. Well, no. I, but like, the, last night when we mentioned Snatcher, I didn't have it. I was like, I want to play Snatcher. How the hell can I play it? I got it. Don't worry about how I got it. Went went into my BizHawk, turned on my controller, hit start game. Done. <laughs> and, and, um, and Snatcher's working perfectly. Didn't have to configure anything. Well, no, but the thing is, though, for me, um, especially if I want if I have it hooked up to my main TV in my living room. BizHawk works great on my main TV. I want... I want I want it aesthetically pleasing as well. It looks beautiful too. Uh, like <laughs> you I mean, can mess with, with the settings if you want, well, but it looks pretty I mean, damn good. I mean, it looks with all just the, like it used to. I mean, with all the cover. No, I don't mean that. I mean with the cover arts, the selection library, stuff like that. That kind of thing. That aesthetic. Screw that! I just use Nesticle. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. My my advice wasn't for people like you. Uh, my advice was for someone who wants to dip their toes into into <laughs> count, into emulation. This is super easy. Then you can learn how to do the stuff like RetroArch, which I couldn't even get running right. <laughs> well, no, Bodosera is fairly easy. All you, do, for the most part, Bodosera, it's an operating system you can put on a USB drive, and all you have to do is reboot your controller and tell it to boot from the USB drive, and you're running Bodosera. Um, all you have to do, that all you have to do is just. Drop. Do you realize that there are ninety percent people who don't know how to boot from a USB drive? <laughs> okay. You already just kicked out half the damn fan base of people that want to try this stuff out. Um, and all you do is have to drop the ROMs onto it, and most of them just load, and it already that da- and it downloads the artwork and stuff for you. I haven't had a single game not work on there, so bite oh, me. Oh Bizhawk, simple, fun, amazing. Uh. <laughs> Snatcher looks great on it. <laughs> Snatcher. Stay tuned for Game Smash Snatcher coming someday. Um, and yeah, and the thing is, though, I don't even know what the hell Snatcher is. But retro, RetroArch has come such a far, far oh, away. Yeah, yeah. Like, they even have the ability, so they, they it runs like they have super, like, almost like it's almost lag free mode. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And what it does is it pretty much runs two versions of the game at the same time to cause this to happen. Great, you need a semi powerful computer to do it, but it's pretty awesome. Um, but that's anybody can get to retro gaming. But I would also recommend, like, we'll get into now at this point in the podcast, Retro World Expo mm-hmm. is coming up at November 6th and 7th. And it, is, it wasn't here last year. And we went to every year except for the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely one of the best conventions I think I've ever been to. And one of the most chill conventions. Well, except for the... Uh, uh, one of the adult a... film industry <laughs> conventions, pretty great. A lot of warm, nice people there. The girls are so friendly. One, uh, yeah, <laughs> too friendly. Too. Well, there's no such thing as true friendly. <laughs> besides the, was it want to be a millionaire? Or whatever it was, the oh, yeah, late yeah, yeah. night show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was getting a little weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, though, it was actually it's been every year has been awesome at that place. And the two uh, creator uh, curators of it, uh, Lance and Chris, have done a great job every year. And ever since they went to the Hartford Civic Center, like it's been it's such an open space. Did you say the Hartford Civic Center? Well, yeah. Convention Center. Convention Center, sorry. Oh, okay. I was about to say, dude, WCW had a pay-per-view from there when I was a kid. I don't think it's there anymore. The Civic Center. I think Sting came from the Raptors. Oh, my God. Oh, we could walk in and be like, Retro Expo. Oh, God, Actually, it's Sting. So it's Sting. I, I could care absolutely less and then more some about uh, wrestling. But I guess they're doing a live wrestling event. Yes. Yes. At Retro Expo. Yeah. Which wrestling company, though? 
It's not. It's a private owned. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. See, I need to get you an AEW Nate because it's like watching video games. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's so great. It's like watching video games. <laughs> um, Kenny Omega coming out with dressed like he's the first boss in a Streets of Rage game. Like you're expecting him to rip off his shirt and go come on and just stop moving towards you. <laughs> oh. It's freaking great. So um, no, but Retro Expo. So yeah. what's your takeaways from Retro Expo? Um, it's just. It's the community. Yeah. Because, like, personally, my favorite is uh, PAX East, but that's just a whole different, just a whole different can of worms. Yeah. It's a little congested. I can tell you that. A lot of people there. But I like it because there's just so much. But with with RWX, it's your friends. Yeah. It's like the community. You you sit there talking to people about just whatever. Uh, you know, I remember one year we walked, this is like before these, uh, retro handhelds were a thing that you could buy for like Back in bucks. my day, you had to play those games on the console <laughs> they came out on. Yeah. And somebody had a, a modded, uh, Nomad. Yes. That was, oh my God. That could play like all the second games. 40,000 we like, people were all like, oh. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a really cool Nomad. How did you do that? Yeah. Oh my oh, God. It was, it was so cool. Well. Or like you could get, uh, our buddy, uh. Paul. Retro Gaming Arts, he was making consoles or repairing well, them and rebuilding yeah, my, them. My PS2 is a modded one. He oh, did. Yeah. yeah. And he was selling Game Boys that had backlights. It was freaking awesome. And yeah. we, we taught, we, we grew and became friends with him and stuff. Yeah. You know, we, we met a lot of people at this these conventions and made a lot of friends. So uh, yeah, we do talk about RGT85. Yeah. Uh, he uh, was really cool. Uh, uh, Wood Hawker, Wood Hawker, we, we went and we interviewed a few times. Pat, well, Pat the Ace Punk, he's like, we interviewed him multiple times. Now. Well, yeah. When are you guys going to this? Sixth and seventh of November. Of November. Yeah. And I'm uh, just thinking. You know, that's actually. Is it going to be on the weekend? Yes. Yeah, it's on the weekend. That's actually great because if it falls on a D and D week, it won't matter because we should be done with this campaign. Right. And we've we already talked about this. No, we didn't. Yes, we, we did. did. <laughs> what What day does it fall on? A Saturday. Of what? November. November. Yeah, but we didn't discuss like. <laughs> no, because you said we the go same, every other week. You said the same thing. You said it should be over by then too. You said it last time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, but, uh, so hopefully yeah, we'll and, have uh, the battle royal before then. And the fact that Metal Jesus it. is coming this year. Yeah. And uh, but we met. Uh, what about Pete Joe Jesus? Granado. Yes, Joe Granado. He is. Yeah, he's one of the coolest people we've ever met. He's one of the most energetic people I think I've ever met. But we uh, got to hang out well, with him because he just moved up here. Yeah, he just recently so, moved up to the East Coast, he uh, which he's actually us. originally from the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he moved to Florida for years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he wants to hang out. I'm not trying to sound like a broken record. Does he play D and D? No. You could drag him in for in here, and we could do a special one shot D and D session. No. He's a big like music guy and like uh, yeah. coder and stuff. Okay, we'll theme it around music. <laughs> you guys are a rock band that are trying to get he, to a concert. I, I, I so so Joe Granado and hundred so, musicians. So no, you guys know. are trying to get to a concert. That's so, the campaign, and so, you have to fight your way through bad groups. So Joe, if you listen <laughs> like to this part, Charlotte. I'm not knocking you in any way. You're one of the coolest people I've ever met. But Joe playing D and D would be super entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah. He, if he played he the bard, he be, <laughs> played the bard. Oh my god, he would just take over. Like, like, all right, looks like we're having to rock off. Yeah, <laughs> he would. Uh, like, I could. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, that'd be pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it would. Yeah. Oh man. I'm sorry. You have to understand. It's been one week since we played, so I'm hitting the boiling point of waiting to play again. That's mm-hmm. how I am. Oh, yeah. Which, um, I don't think Wood Hawker is going to be coming to this. I think he's no. going to the Long Island one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I know he was expressing that he wants to go to uh, the convent, the retro game conventions on the East Coast. 
Um, but granted, that's still up in the air because of his whole debacle of like what happened when he got his first vaccine shot. Yeah. So yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. That so. Yeah. yeah. But what, someday I would like to go the the, the one for uh, what is it, in New Jersey or Pennsylvania. Uh, too many games. Yeah. Yes. I, I would like to go to that one because yeah. like everybody goes to that. Yeah. We. Um, yeah, and also we were talking about Pat, and like Pat's never came to Retro World Expo. Uh, well, not Pat. I mean, sorry, Ian's never come oh, to Retro Ian, World yeah, Expo yeah, with yeah. Pat. Yeah. It'd be really cool to meet Ian. Yeah, definitely. Um, but he's never. He's always gone to too many games. Yeah. Um, so, granted, like Pat likes traveling and stuff. Ian doesn't really like traveling that much. Yeah. So, well, plus Pat's from over this side. Too. He's yeah, he's from New Jersey. Yeah. Uh so that's but like. Pat, Pat, like he's starting to like recognize us now. I know <laughs> we're so little, you know. <laughs> but like uh, I saw him at Pax last time. Look, yeah, he was like, buddies. "Hey, what up, yeah, buddies? I know you guys." And uh, <laughs> was it what's his name? Uh, Swanky Box there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I haven't, yep. I haven't messaged him in a while. I got to message him. Yeah. So, but yeah, but this is the little bit that we actually wanted to fill into on from the video. I would say definitely go check out the link will be below, uh, in the podcast description for the youtube video it will be there for you to go check out on all our nostalgia and there's a lot of things we didn't cover in this talking that we covered here we and could vice go for versa. Hours. Yeah, yeah we can go for a long time but retro gaming degrees in here <laughs> is absolutely one of the most charitable subjects that we like talking about uh and we're all retro gamers that's because we were we were around when these things first came out so they're really dear to us uh we hope you've enjoyed our little call back to retro gaming and uh our nostalgia and why we find it so nostalgia so Anybody else nostalgic. want to say anything? Nostalgic. nostalgic. Yeah. You know, it took to... you a little while to get to that. <laughs> anyway, anybody want us to add anything to? Well, I mean, this won't be up for a while, but we got a don't don't shoot me. All right, we got a new D and D campaign starting up in a coming month, a th- month or so. And if you guys want to check it out, we we'd appreciate it. Like, Twitch.tv just slash Tit Prime Media. It's a good laugh. Maybe we get it up on a side channel that we don't have to worry about the uh, metrics. So yeah, people yeah. can watch the replay or such. But it's just us having a good laugh, and like Bazinga said earlier, it's starting to feel like a community with the group of people we play with. We're all friends now. I mean, you guys know you guys know Leo more now. Mm-hmm. Is like it's well, I knew him before. It was, it's just stupid but. fun, and I would enjoy people watching the stupid fun and maybe giving input on how to make it more stupid. You know. Yeah, I'd love to have some comments while we're playing of people saying stuff so we can say, hey, this comment just said you're an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, why'd you eat the fireball when you could have used your luck? Well, because Nate used his luck to re-roll his drinking habit earlier. Or we set up a a secret chat that only Grim can see. And people give uh, the DM ideas. There you go. Oh, I would love it all. (laughs) It's pretty nice. A Discord chat. I just want more people to watch and check it out because Uh, I think it would be more fun if we had more people tuning in. Yeah. And it also gives you guys more reason to play and come every time if there's something at stake like fans checking it out and yeah, watching yeah. it it's- well it's also slightly original to some of the ones i've seen like when i like there's live streams that it's just them talking and it's yeah. like although well eh. it's because i like to be more heavy in combat than in well, rp it's not even that like we have the game board on, on the yes, screen and I, stuff like that that's something i, think I, I know to be a little more if it looks a little i don't know chaotic it's a too chaotic or it's not chaotic enough? It, it seems like two cha- things need to be organized a little more. <laughs> in, in, in our defense, though, like there's a reason for that. And that's because I find it incredibly boring 
when I'm watching a campaign that doesn't have any video. Uh, well, like most, maps of, or most of them like don't. That. Most of them don't. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh-huh. I don't care if it bothers some viewers. You literally have to. You, I you shouldn't people, have to use your imagination while watching something. I want people to <laughs> see the maps. The only thing I can see different is maybe putting some artwork up. Like, for example, when you guys are in the first city of the new campaign, I have the world, the map that you're looking at, but maybe a smaller picture on Bazinga's screen. That's a pit. That's like an artwork of the. You city. can only see so much, though. That's the problem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I, we have to discuss how to do a layout. Maybe over with the um, where we have when we're gonna have the stats. Maybe it, also have within that slideshow pictures of art for the areas we are in. The if game. I could pop out like the maps onto a different screen versus yep. have have to use whatever the fantasy grounds yeah that would be better yeah but i i don't even the know. reason why we use fantasy grounds is because um roll net requires more knowledge and no it's, it's and not a lot even of that it's, it's, and it also requires like, a lot of like slash commands to do stuff which mm-hmm. is things people have to remember and i didn't think my friends were very good at remembering shit i still don't this is so <laughs> much easier but uh, rest assured we're gonna try to make it look more aesthetically pleasing but the goal is to have a lot of images like maps and stuff because i feel that that's better than four talking heads and a guy telling you to think about the map that you're not seeing yeah yeah yeah, you yeah should. i don't right. think you should have to do that when you're actually watching something if yeah it was you like want a, to see the map some kind of podcast like a D D over audio or something but like if you're just watching like, people go tell you the truth Ooh. we could actually probably show images like i said the art by just instead of having cameras having our avatar pictures small as who we are and maybe mm-hmm. is there a way and we the set stats. up so they blink when they talk you know how like no. in discord they pop up no, can't you pop no, up no, discord no no there is a way and we'll discuss that off the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway we'll wrap up this podcast though but this has been a bonus episode of the talking gaming and tech See, we can ramble for where we hours. get into <laughs> retro gaming and all our past and challenge about retro gaming we hope you enjoyed it we only do future side episodes like this for talking gaming and tech but until then catch us on our main podcast